the cheeseheads who want it fresh and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. My name is Perry Goldstein and I am one of your co-hosts, joined as always by Maggie Loney. Um, We are doing a bit of a different show today. Um, We are almost at training camp. Yay! Which means this is probably the last show we're going to have to do before we talk about some real football. Um, So we thought in light of that, why not switch it up a little bit and use some of DraftKings Sportsbook's lines to help us predict where we think the Packers season is going to go from an individual player perspective, from a wins perspective, from other stats, et cetera. Um, This was inspired by um, them putting out, obviously, their season predictions. And I saw that the over-under on the Christian Watson receiving touchdowns for the season was four and a half, um, which felt very low to me. I hit that over quite easily and also have been telling everyone and their mom to do the same thing. (laughs) So I thought, why not look at the rest of them and see how we feel about them? So before we get started, that's a little context, but Maggie, how are you feeling? It, it just, it finally feels kind of surreal almost that football's like back this week because we've been talking about it and saying that training camp is getting closer and closer. And we're seeing videos of like Aaron Jones and Christian Watson and Jordan Love and all these guys like out practicing together. And now we're actually going to see them this week in Green Bay, like Dream Drive, Kids on in Bike. Pads. It's, it's the best. It's, it's so be exciting. Pads. It's so exciting. Um, I cannot wait. This is like, season's actually here that's what it feels like uh when training camp starts we're gonna get the bikes like you said we're gonna get the whole deal you'll be up there um i will not unfortunately um but we're gonna get real football so why not before real football starts predict what we think is gonna happen yeah, when real maybe football help happens some people win some money hopefully maybe but let's disclaimer <laughs> this by saying right. we are not experts if you choose to put money down based on our thoughts that is wholly your responsibility. And if you win a bunch of money, then mow us some. Just kidding. <laughs> if you win a bunch of money, though, we do get credit. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate a shout out on Twitter. Um, so like I said before, this was inspired because I felt like the four and a half receiving touchdowns on the season for Christian Watson was almost disrespectfully low, um, especially because he had more than that in his rookie season. So maybe people are just down on um, on love. I'm not sure, but would you have would do you, did you think that was low as well? Yeah, I mean, I know that he got like really hot, and you could argue that there's a difference with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback versus Jordan Love, but he had seven touchdowns in 14 games last season. So, and that's you know not counting like you know the the Minnesota game ad nauseum that's been talked about that would have been a touchdown. So I think the opportunities are there. And I think there were, there was a lot he left on the table as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And now the fact that he's working with Jordan love all off season, like I would absolutely bet the over on that one. Like, unless there's like some freak injury, if he's on the field for, okay. If he's on the field for at least 10 games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I mean, and that's also, look, I, this was receiving touchdowns because that's how these betting books do it. He had seven. He also had two rushing touchdowns. So 
I just don't see a world where Christian Watson has less than five, uh, less than five receiving touchdowns on the season. Um, like you said, if he's healthy. So I pulled a couple others. Some are very interesting to me. Um, we'll do a couple player props. Um, then we'll do a few kind of overarching Green Bay ones. But let's start with, you want to start with Jordan Love? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So interestingly enough, Jordan Love has, they have him at 3,350.5 regular season passing yards. I think I'm taking the under. You're taking the under. You think they're going to run the ball a lot? Yeah. And I mean, I think it, it's just kind of the style of offense that we're going to see the Packers gravitating towards with Matt LaFleur. And I think Jordan Love will scramble a little bit. Like it's really hard, right? Because Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a number that low when he's played a full season since like 2013, you know, but Aaron Rodgers was always a pass heavy throw first offense. And I think with Jordan Love, everything's going to be a little bit more balanced. So that that's a, honestly a really tough line. Like, cause I could see his, overall numbers being like 3,500 or 3,400, but I feel very similarly. I think that this is actually right on the money. Um, If it was me, I wouldn't touch this bet with like a 10 foot pole just because I have no idea what this offense is going to look like. And we don't know what Jordan is going to look like. Um, It could range from very under this to very over this. But I did think that like this felt right at where you and I would probably guess he would be by the end of the season. With that being said, they also have him at 21 and a half regular season passing touchdowns. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to do quick math. So 21 touchdowns is not. That's at least, like, a, that's at least a passing touchdown a game. Which and I very reasonable. Yes. I also think that this is one that I would bet the over on. Yeah. So. Going back, I pulled up a calculator because I'm a nerd, but the 3,350 yards, he would have to have 197 passing yards per game, which if you break it down in like a 17-game season, that feels doable. You know, like that under 200 yards a game through the air. Yeah, but there's also some really, really good defenses on the schedule this year, so I could see it being like a really run-heavy kind of season. I agree, but I also think with the way that the Packers are going to use the running backs in the passing game, that at least in my mind, 21 and a half touchdowns feels like a milestone that Jordan Love should reach, especially if we think that Christian Watson is going to have a nice year. The Packers just have a really young receiving core, and I include kind of all the weapons, all the pass catchers in that core. And you kind of expect some level of ups and downs, especially like with young tight ends. So I, in my head, I leave room for like player error on that side, right? Like drops, miscues, et cetera, things that aren't in Jordan Love's control. Um, but I think at least a passing touchdown a game should feel reasonable, right? It should, that should be somewhat of an expectation. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, if we're talking about Christian Watson getting like seven himself, that's already your third of the way there. And you can't tell me that like Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, like those guys are going to get theirs, especially knowing the connection that they have with Jordan already. 
Um, Josiah DeGuara would probably get in there. Like, I absolutely would take the over on this one. Amazing. I agree. So, speaking of, there are two different bets for regular season rushing touchdowns. They have both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon at six and a half, which, again, feels low to me, Um, especially Aaron Jones. Um, I think he's going to be the focal point of the offense this season, just like he has been in a number of years. And I know that Packers fans just want to see more Aaron Jones all day, every day. But I think last season, if you're Matt LaFleur and you're doing a self-scout, you're looking at how little you used Aaron Jones in the red zone. And you're thinking, I need to correct that this year. Um, some of that might have been check checkouts of RPOs by Aaron Rodgers. We will never know. Um, but if I'm going into the season, I'm thinking my number one read um, – always but my number one read should always be Aaron Jones um and I think six and a half rushing touchdowns feels way too easy for him well and that's what's so weird right is like the fact that he had seven touchdowns last season but only two rushing touchdowns like most of them and they weren't all you know it's not like they were like 70 yard dimes right like a lot of these were like shovel passes and things that just like statistically count as a receiving touchdown even though they're basically like behind behind the line of scrimmage anyway but yeah it's weird to look at his numbers and see that he only had seven touchdowns and that five of them were technically receiving touchdowns so if we're talking about six and a half on the ground I think things get a little bit fuzzy because I could see him having like a five or six rushing touchdown five or six receiving touchdown kind of season Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I still think that I agree with you as far as the this is going to be a, a kind of run heavy offense, at least to start the season. So I think he's going to get rushing yards really early and some rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So what do you think then of the AJ Dillon six and a half? I just find it interesting that they're listed at the same because I would have AJ Dillon lower. I think given the way that he was utilized at the goal line, I don't see that changing. So the fact that he had seven touchdowns and a lot of them were like one yard dive over the pylon kind of thing, like, that I could see happening again. You know, like, I don't know if we're going to see, hopefully we see a lot of like cool creativity with pony package at, at the goal line. But I think that's where AJ Dillon is going to kind of like eat is in those like short goal to go situations. So I think, I I would think I think I'd put the over on both of them. You would put the over on both of them. Love it. Um, Maybe I'm just too optimistic. I don't know, but no, I agree. I think you make a really good point with like the uses usage of AJ Dillon and like what his strengths are for sure. Um, that being said, they both have also similar rushing yards per season. Um, they have AJ at 725 and a half rushing yards and Aaron Jones at 800 and a half rushing yards. This one is really tough for me because both backs get used in the passing game, right? So I don't necessarily care whether their yardage is through the air or on the ground. I just care about yardage. I should have looked at yards from scrimmage. I'm not sure that DraftKings has that yet. If you're asking me if I think each of these guys will have this number in total yards, yes. Do I necessarily think AJ Dillon is going to have, you know, an over 700 yard rushing season? I don't know. I I don't know. I'm curious what you think. I think it's possible for Aaron Jones also just given like where he's at personally with some of the 
achievements he could have after this season within the Packers organization, right? We know he's only about 1,200 yards, total yards away from being, what is it, fifth overall um, in Packers history. So I think there's some like motivation there on his end. But for me, it doesn't feel like A.J. Dillon will reach this number. Yeah, it's so for me. I I think even if you had set the bar at like 900 or 950 yards on the ground for Aaron Jones, I would have taken it because mm-hmm. I just think that he's so dynamic and that's what you expect from him is, you know, the yak, like the yards after contact, like he, and that's not to say AJ Dillon can't do that, but we don't typically see AJ Dillon kind of break loose for like 15, 20 yards at a time. He can, we've seen it, but it's yeah. not, I think the usage of how both of these backs are going to be in the LaFleur offense. I could see AJ Dillon, he had, what, 200 yards receiving last season. I could see him having 300, 400, but I don't know if I see him hitting that 770 yards rushing again. So I would take the under for him, but I think I would absolutely hammer the over for Aaron Jones. Me too. Like I said before, I think Aaron Jones is just going to be the focal point of this offense. It's really fun to talk about all the young receivers, and of course I want to see Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs kind of blow up in their second years, but let's not pretend like the best weapon is in Aaron Jones because it right. is and he will be used accordingly. Um, And I think he's going to be really important to lean on, especially with Love getting his footing under him. I think about like this offensive line too and what the potential starting five is going to look like, and it's going to be guys that Aaron has been running behind also for quite a number of seasons now. So he's going to be really comfortable with what they're able to give him. So I just hope that Matt LaFleur uses him more. (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say I'm ready for just an entire oh. offense of off tackle behind David Bakhtiari. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that he's healthy, just get him out there. Um okay, so this one was interesting. So obviously DraftKings doesn't have every single player, and it would have been kind of fun to find like more obscure players to place some bets on, but it's really only starters at the moment. So I was looking on the defensive side of the ball just to switch things up and they had one that I'm really curious your thoughts on because this is a player that I think gets a little overlooked, right? He's been so steady. They've obviously extended him a number of times now, kept him on the team. We love it. Rashawn Gary is out. So Preston Smith is edge one and for the foreseeable future. Obviously, they drafted LVN. Um, we don't really know yet what he's going to look like or how he's going to be used. JJ Anagbari looked great, but like Preston Smith is edge one until Rashawn gets back. And DraftKings has him at 7.75 sacks on the season. So you had made a prediction a little bit ago about Preston sacks. And this is essentially saying Preston's going to get eight sacks on the season, which he has flip-flopped so much over the course of his time, not just in Green Bay, but in Washington with the kind of like production that he has, but given the opportunity for him to really shine and that this line is a little bit more beefed up now, how do you feel about eight sacks for Preston Smith? That's really funny because as you were talking about Preston Smith, I was like, I would set the floor for him at eight sacks. So I, I would I would take the over. Yeah, I mean, he had the down year in 2020, but 2019, when he had like a really good Zadarius Smith opposite him, he had 12 sacks. And then 2021, he had nine. 2022, he had 8.5. So with a healthy Rashawn coming back, with LVN, with Kenny Clark, like 
I think that he is going to get his looks because people know now like who Rashawn Gary is and he's on an upward trajectory and he's the kind of player the teams are going to think about stunts and double teams for, which is going to free up Preston Smith. And that's not to say he's not deserving of those things himself, but I think the focal point is going to be on the Kenny Clarks and the Rashawn Gary's and Preston should not be underrated, but he'll kind of clean up some of those opportunities and get, get more, get more numbers this year. Yeah. I feel very similar. I actually thought that eight should be like right around where you would like him to be, which cuts it close if you're wanting to make this bet. But I would put the over also. I think especially with Rashawn out, just given his like opportunity um, to really get into the backfield. All right, let's do some team specials. Okay. Um, these are really fun. Um, there's a few that I wanted to highlight, but we can obviously talk about many. Um there's <laughs> there's one about Aaron Jones having eight eight plus individual regular season games with a hundred plus a hundred plus rushing yards. I would take that. You would take that. I would take that. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting one because so much can happen, but I feel like Aaron Jones hits a hundred rushing yards quite easily without us even realizing it fairly often. Um, but the only thing that trips me up just to play devil's advocate here is rush yards. Yeah. I mean, if it was all purpose, you could argue that that would happen like, you know, 10, 10 yeah, exactly. times a season. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I think there will be like, you know, the touchdown one again is really tricky because I think that's where AJ Dillon kind of snipes some of that stuff, like, you know, with the goal line packages, but I think just kind of the rhythm that Matt LaFleur uses his backs in. If yeah. Aaron Jones is is going, you know, and he's like got a really nice clip and a, he's in a really good rhythm, then yeah, I think he hits this like, you know, in the third quarter for some games. Yeah. Okay. Any Green Bay Packers player to have 10 plus regular season rush or receiving touchdowns. So one or the other. Mhm. <laughs> Optimistic me wants to be like, "Oh, absolutely." But I don't know. I could see like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs having like eight and seven, you know, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know if anybody's really going to come out and put up like double digit touchdowns. It would be, we'd be, you know, raving about it if it happened, but that's a lot. I agree. I think it's, I think if this was next season and we knew what we had in this receiving core, sure. Um, I think the only way that this happens is if the ground game is just astronomical. And for some reason, like, the running backs are just unstoppable in the red zone, right? And either AJ or Aaron Jones get get those touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's definitely more likely that it would go to a back and it would be 10 rushing touchdowns. I think that I would feel safer betting than 10 receiving touchdowns. Yeah. Okay, two more. Okay. Um, they have Green Bay only winning two and a half regular season division games. How offended are you? (laughs) Absolutely not. No way. Yeah. I think so. That win at least all of their home games. So that right away is three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. uh, My last one is, um, I think, the most interesting in my mind. But you have the Bears, who I don't think are going to be very good. And I think the Packers at least take their home game against the Bears. 
You have the Vikings, who I think are going to take a step back. And depending on how well the Packers defense can cover Justin Jefferson, I think that is also a win. That's probable. Look, the Lions are a good team, right? But it's always kind of a toss-up, I think, when anyone comes into Lambeau. So two and a half is just a really interesting number, and I actually hope the players in the locker room are seeing this and it fires them up. Because Matt LaFleur before last season went 6-0 and against all of their division opponents for his tenure. So I know it's a new quarterback, but, like, man, <laughs> give the guy some credit. Well, and, like, I mean, I was even thinking about how, like, the Packers kind of catch a break when they play the Lions at home because Jamison Williams is still on his suspension at that point. He's got the six-game suspension. So, like, the Packers aren't necessarily going to be playing some of these teams at their full strength. Like, week one, the Bears are – I don't want to say they're at a disadvantage, obviously, but – there's no film yet of Jordan love really to look at. So, you know, that's a really early game that is kind of like a toss up the lions. Like I said, they're going to be without some of their key players. So yeah, I, I would absolutely think the Packers can win at least three division games. Amazing. Um, The last one is where each team places in the division by the end of the season. And I'm going to read to you. So for those that don't understand betting if you're listening to this if it's negative it means that the house DraftKings Vegas think it's more likely that's going to happen so you actually have to put more money down in order to get a payout if it's positive the more positive it is the less likely the house thinks it's going to happen which means if it does happen your payout is quite bigger but it's a riskier bet so when you're looking at the Packers and where DraftKings has them landing, it's least likely, plus 400, that the Packers end up in first place in the division. And then it goes down from there. So it's plus 340 that they're second, plus 235 if they're third, and plus 175 if they're fourth. That, like, bothers me. (laughs) Like I, I don't think there's any way that this team finishes last in the division. I would take that they finish second. Plus 340. Yeah. I might actually place that bet. I only placed the Christian Watson bet so far, but I'm going to have to look at these again. I agree. I think it's really interesting. Now, if you look at, like, who's a who's a comparable team right now? Okay, so the Chiefs are negative for coming in first, right? Negative 165 makes right. sense. Super Bowl champs. Okay. No... Only a few other teams are listed as that. So Minnesota, right? Minnesota is plus 360 to come in fourth, plus 290 to come in first. That's really interesting. It's plus 195 to come in second. So I guess I guess the house thinks the Vikings are coming in second in division. Which is funny because I think the Vikings are probably third. Yeah. Like the Jets, for example, are pretty even across the board, which means that no one has really decided where the Jets are going to fall in the AFC East. Um, The Eagles, for example, are clearly the favorite to come in first. So I like that the Packers are an underdog this season. I feel like that bodes well for them because there's very few expectations to reach, right? If everyone thinks you're going to do poorly, you can – beat that out and it seems like the locker room also has that mentality of like everyone's underestimating us so we get to go out and show who we really are 
I mean, I honestly think I would be more inclined to bet that the Packers win the division than that they come in last place. Like, I think the division is that wide open that if you said the Packers are going to finish first, I'd be like, yeah, I can see that. And if you said the Packers are going to be terrible and finish fourth, I'd be like, I just don't see that. And I, I don't even think that's me being like a homer or a Packers fan. I just know that this is probably the most wide open that the division has been in a long time. And each team has their own like specific set of struggles that they're overcoming. And if Matt LaFleur, if his offense is as good as we think it can be without the quarterback making adjustments to it, like this is, I think this is honestly the biggest test we'll ever get for Matt LaFleur. I think a lot of it comes down to him. And yes, obviously Jordan Love has to execute and the team has to execute, but if the team plays as well as we think that they can or should on paper, there's no way this team finishes fourth in the division. I agree with you. Um, I also just think the team kind of gets the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, like they've been so good for so long. And again, so much of that has hinged on quarterback play. And so like if Jordan love is like truly abysmal, then sure they might come in fourth. Do I think that Jordan Love is going to be truly abysmal? No, I don't. Do I think he's probably going to be like somewhere around league average? Yes. But to your point, given where this division stands, league average can mean the Packers come in second and sneak into a wild card. Depending Jared on Goff is probably the league average, you know, like yeah, in exactly. this division. Like exactly. So if that's like the standard that we're setting for them, depending on how everyone around him plays this might this team might not be so bad. I, I think it would take a lot for the Packers to come in fourth in the division. I absolutely agree. Okay, well, there we have it. These are our stat predictions slash where we see this team being based on some betting lines. Um, I really love seeing the betting lines. I think, like, they're usually pretty – on par with where the league stands, but where Vegas sees each team before the season starts is obviously can be drastically different from where other people slash fans see the league. So bet accordingly, if that's something that you're into. Um, if not, I hope this was at least an interesting discussion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it is really interesting to see kind of, you know, where Vegas makes assumptions because as Packer fans, you know, you could you could argue that there's like some bias there. We have different expectations. But I think the theme that I've gathered from talking to Packers fans throughout this offseason is that this is a season where we don't have a ton of expectations. And that's why it's so interesting to see like the Vegas lines and what NFL analysts are saying, because this team is such a toss up for the first time in 15 years that we really don't know, you know, who's going to be right. So Really curious to see what these betting lines look like. This is something we'll absolutely have to revisit like at the end of the season. Try to like bookmark this and come back to it and see what the lines look like. It, absolutely. Um, it will be a fun season to unfold. We are almost there. We are so close to being there. Um, before we wrap up, any final thoughts going into training camp week? I, I'm just ready for football to be all over the timeline again. Like I... I, I feel like I am not as up to date as I want to be on everything going on in the Packers sphere. So I'm ready to, to hear like real football news and like what's going on and who looks good. And I'm just ready to watch football again. I am too, girl. We are almost there. Um, got a couple of weeks left before the first regular season game, but between then we will have practice pads 
preseason games galore. So um, hope everyone's excited. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed this, you know, a little different show. Look, we're looking for content out here. All right. It's a dry world. Um, you can follow us please on Twitter at PWSS podcast packs, what she said on Instagram, Twitch, everywhere else where you find the podcast odyssey, uh, Apple, all the streaming services, Spotify, you name it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can follow Maggie at Maggie J Loney. Um, we are coming at you with real football news soon. And once the season starts, we will be back to two episodes a week because there will be so much football to talk <laughs> about. So um, thank you all for bearing with us through this off season. Uh, we appreciate you if you're still listening. And uh, as always, go pack up. Go pack up.